From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, getting ready for New Year's. Coming up, um, if you will humor me, I have a co-worker at Channel 4 who lost a bet with me, and we will be having her pay her penance a little bit later on here on Teal the Podcast. But let's start by talking a little Jaguars football and uh, mark the decision to go back to Blake Bortles made this week. And um, I think anybody who was watching with any kind of informed eye, or maybe not even that informed eye, had to know that Blake Bortles is a better option than Cody Kessler even though neither one of them looked to be very good options. Bortles clearly the better option right now for the Jets. Cole, and I completely agree with you. He is the better option. You saw what he did when he came in last week, and he gives them the best chance to win. So when I saw that news, um, the first thought I had was they clearly want to win this football game. This isn't about, you know, playing this last game, a tough game against the Houston Texans. It's not about a draft pick, you know, being in the right position and being in a position where you can get a, you know, a top five pick. They want to win this football game, and, and uh, uh, that's what Doug Marone has said. So I think a lot of people were surprised by it, but it is an indication that their intention is to go out there and, and, uh, and finish the season 6-10. and 10. All right, and if they do, they're not going to have a top five pick. By winning in Miami, they went from number five to number nine. If they were to beat Houston, they could go from nine to... 10 or 12 or 13, that could significantly impact their plans in the offseason in terms of how they go after a quarterback. For the short term, uh, we've got about four or five different things reading the tea leaves here I want to cover. Okay. One, a couple weeks ago, you and I were both saying, hey, Doug Marino's been given the word that he's coming back, so he's going to put young players in there. He has continued to kind of do that, but he keeps saying, no, I'm trying to get the right combination of guys to win. Now, he did admit that he wanted to see David Williams, see how he did, to see if right. he was going to be part of the plan. But for the rest of them, having Carlos Hyde up this past week, he said he just wanted to have guys who fit the game plan, running downhill, power runners. This move with Blake Bortles does seem to me to be the kind of move that is in- intended to keep the veterans focused and here. Pacified? Yes, because <laughs> I don't, again, you've been in locker rooms where uh, at whatever position there might have been some conversation, quarterback or otherwise, where the veterans are going, hey, we know what we're going to get out of this guy, and they want to go with the guys who they know what they're going to get. And some coaches are that way as well, even though the ceiling on on Cody Kessler certainly wasn't as high as the ceiling on Bortles, right. and maybe Bortles' floor was lower than Kessler's. You had to do this, otherwise you're going to have a little mini revolt at the end of the year in terms of the veterans, weren't you? Yes, I agree with that, and it would not surprise me if a group of the veterans, the leaders, let's say they're Calais Campbell, maybe Telvin Smith, some older guys have been around for a while, maybe they went into Doug Marone and said, hey, we want to win this football game. We've seen Cody, great kid, he went out there and competed and did some good things, but we want to win this football game, and, and you know, you have said that you your intention is to win the football game, so how about we give Blake one more shot? I could see that happening. Um, you know, I don't it, think he even had to, though, Mark. It happened during the game in, you know, uh, in Miami. They put Bortles in when Kessler gets hurt. They put Kessler back into the second half. 
Then they go back to Bortles. And again, I don't want to oversell this, that Bortles is, uh, you know, drove him downfield multiple times. He got him to a field goal. But that's all they needed because the defense was there and he didn't turn the ball over. It would, again, it's like, it's, 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 it's the minimum expectation of just not blowing it right. and giving you some kind of a chance when the defense is playing well. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, I think everyone would agree that, that Blake gave, gives them the best chance. So why didn't that happen earlier? And we saw Cody in week, you know, his first week, the second week. Okay, we've seen, we've seen Cody Kessler. This is as good it's gonna, as it's going to get. He got a little better, but it wasn't going to be enough. To where he's going to go win you a uh, you know a football game in my opinion, or at least have the offensive production that you need to have to to win a football game. I'm a little confused. You know, it, it, it seems like the strategy um, has changed a little bit. Um, you know, what do they really want to do? Because there was a there was a couple weeks there where you think you think that by playing the young guys, including Cody Kessler, that maybe they do want this draft pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to win this game. Well, the indication is now that they, they do want to win. So, so which which one is it? And it all wrapped around is 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 Doug Marone coming back? And if he is, how much say did he have? And and who's playing and who's not playing? It's really been interesting the last few weeks. Yeah. If, if again, so there's a chance that what's happened here is very straightforward, and there's nothing else to it other than Doug Marone trying to find ways to win football games, and because they have so many issues injuries, right. underperformance, and so forth, that he's he's trying to say, well, listen, let's not go by any preconceived notion about what I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Let's take it as it is right now and try to find the right pieces to go together. Yeah, Grasping at straws a little bit, maybe. Yes. Experimenting a little bit, maybe. And if that's the case, you could kind of write off, okay, well, that's why these decisions. I also think, though, the quarterback decision is different than the how he was using the running backs, right? Or who he was starting, you know, at safety. Um, the move with with Ronnie Harrison at safety and Church was about all right. Let's look to the future, and the, that decision, the David Williams looking to the future. Let's see what we have. Um, but it, it it does feel like there has been a either a change in stated direction or somebody has or there or there's been a disagreement between. The front office and the head coach's office. Yes, saying, that happens. It happens it, a lot. It does. Um, and I think also too, Cole, that you know perhaps in, in in Barry Church's case and Leonard Fournette, the reason we saw some young kids, maybe it wasn't as much as their production as it much as much as it could be a behavioral thing. Tired of Barry Church. Tired of Leonard Fournette. Um, blowing coverages on and off the field, not acting like a professional. There have been multiple issues like that with those two guys in particular. Um, not major things as far as Barry Church, but um, so some coverage issues with Church. Some coverage Certainly issues Church, yeah. with Church and some some off the field things with Leonard. Maybe it was there were messages. Listen, we're not going to stand for this, and maybe this is an indication of how Doug Marone next year, if he comes back, if that's how they're going to go forward. You have to be a professional on and off the field, and if not. Hey, we'll put in someone else. By the way, you, you brought up Fournette. I want to let everybody know that we're recording this uh, just before we do the Mark Brunell show here on a Wednesday at Sneakers, Jacksonville Beach. We will be back at Sneakers for our final show of the year on Wednesday, January the 2nd. Uh, come on out and join us. We're going to have some fun because we're going to have sort of a panel discussion. Miles Jack's going to join us as well, but we're also going to have a panel discussion about 
what's going on with the Jaguars going forward. Uh, Jeff Prosser from 1010XL is going to join us, and ESPN's Mike DiRocco is going to join us as well. So we'll have be good. We'll have a, a lot of folks to talk about this. You bring up Leonard Fournette, and if you haven't read Mark's Monday Morning Quarterback piece for this past <laughs> week, he had 13 thoughts. Uh, 13 was a doozy. A baker's dozen, and number 13 said something to the effect of, I would not be surprised if the Jaguars traded Leonard Fournette in the offseason. Let me explain myself. Please I do. was planning on just doing the dozen, the 12, and I just I had this thought, and I heard some, I heard Tony Baselli talking about this. We had a conversation. He mentioned, I thought, you know what? It, it does make sense. Um, Nikki Kimbleton and I talked about it on TV on Monday morning. So you think Leonard's gone. I said, no, I didn't. I don't think Leonard's gone. I, I think it's worth a discussion that if there's a team out there that's willing to give up a third round, maybe a low second, that the Jaguars would, would entertain it. I have heard that he has been a handful, um, quite the handful. Um, I don't think he's played very well. He's been a disappointment this week, this year. He's been beat up, and he's had some off-the-field issues, and maybe they're just kind of tired of it. Well, here's the question. How much production do you need in order to be worth a headache, right? And, and it, so it, true. So Jalen Ramsey's a bit of a headache. Yep, but he he's plays really, at really a good. High level, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, for Tom Coughlin, Baselli was a bit of a headache. No question. But he was a really, really good player. Yeah. When you're when you're not at that, and, and Fournette has the capability, I believe, of playing at that level where we he can be a headache. We saw it last year. We saw it for we a lot of last produce year. last year. Um, he has not this year. Right. So, you know, there are some guys, Calais Campbell, zero headache, high performance. Best possible combination, right? Right. Um, there's a sliding scale, though, when you start to be a headache for the coaches, for the assistants, for the position coaches, and even in some regard, I don't know how the other guys in that uh, running back room respond um, to that. We never talked to TJ Yeldon. We have no idea what he thinks right. about anything. Uh, and TJ's thinking about his next team already anyway. <laughs> should, should be probably on to yeah. it. Uh, Carlos Hyde has been worried about his own situation. Uh, David Williams is a rookie. doesn't have any other idea. Yeah. So, you know, Tommy Bohannon is a fullback who is smart enough not to Just make any waves. Don't say a word. Just go block somebody. Just go block somebody. So, um, th- there, have to, there are some distractions when it comes to this. And, you know, Fournette can be a really, really good quarterback. Yes. Um, Running back, brother. Yeah, he can. We've seen that. And he has missed significant time. It's one thing to be hurt, Cole. I've heard that as far as his treatment as well, he's missed some treatments. That's a Mm no-no. You don't do that. Um, It just screams uh, unprofessional right there. You know, if you want to get back on the field and if it's important to you, if you want to get out there and compete, you don't miss a treatment. You give yourself every chance to get out there on the field. Organizations that like don't very, like that. That seems like a really simple thing. It's an easy it's one. Being, it's being it's being handed you on a silver platter. Here's the plan to get you back. Now, if you are a veteran and you have a relationship with a certain trainer, <clears throat> Tom Brady, and you don't and you believe in this way but not that way, what the right. team is saying, fine as long as that's working. But you're a second year guy who, you know, and I think on top of that, the game where he came off the bench, got into the fight, right. going to defend or kind of be the enforcer for his teammate, 
I think a lot of people thought that was really admirable and great, but it was a bad move. Those are the kind of moves when you come off the bench, get in a fight, get suspended for the next week. Organizations, general managers, Tom Coughlin had to be going crazy. You don't see that. He wasn't even in on that play. Right. That if he does is, that while problem. he's if he's if he's over there next to the guy yeah. and it happens, quick reaction, you think, okay. Because that happens all the time. Every every you, game you, there's you, some pushing shoving. You, you let your emotions get the best yeah. of you. You 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 know, you you want to defend your guy, you get into a fight, you take a swing, you can't help yourself. But you're coming off the bench, Cole. I mean who who does that? I've never seen such a thing. I haven't either. And so it sheds a little bit of light on where he is at as far as his maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and listen, we get to the end of this year. Uh, this year is, without a doubt, a huge wake-up call for Leonard Fournette. How does he respond from these what we'll call learning lessons? Is he a different player next year? Because he has to be. Because if he's not next year, um, then guess what? A year from now? we may be having the same conversation and convinced that he's not going to be a Jaguar anymore. This is part of a larger tapestry as well for the offseason that the Jaguars have to be considering, which is, are they going to stay with the same offensive philosophy? And, you know, Tom Coughlin is a creative passing game guy, even though he's always wanted to be able to work play action into it. Right. And you can speak to this. You had James Stewart and Fred Taylor, Mm -hmm. uh, guys who could really run the football, and you had some of your best days when the running game was established Absolutely. and you could work off play action. And he wants that. But there's a difference between being a team that works passing game uh, theory off of play action and a team that's just going to grind it out and try to win 12-9. to nine. And I realize injuries are part of this as well. Right. But in this modern day of the NFL, can you have this approach? And if they're deciding to tweak it, how do they tweak it? And does, and does that change the value of Leonard Fournette even at his best to the Jaguars? It's a great point. And, I, and when you look at the, the landscape of the NFL right now, the exciting offenses, we'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, we're so far from that. And Tom, uh, he, at his core, he wants to run the football. He wants to play good defense. He wants to be efficient with the pass and not turn the ball over. With how the rules are now, Cole, You've got to score some points. You could have the best defense, and we have a very good defense, and we're sitting here right now at 5 and 10. A very, very good defense. We just haven't scored any points. And so I think there is going to be a departure from, okay, we're just going to pound it down your throat in a low-scoring game. We're going to – there's not any low-scoring games anymore. It doesn't happen very much anymore. You've got to be dynamic. You've got to be creative. You've got to score points. You do that with the players, but I think we're going to next year uh, see a departure from uh, the strong running game, what we've seen in the past, who Tom Coughlin is. And so going forward, Doug Marone, you know, I, I put this in my Monday morning col- column, the offensive coordinator who they bring in, this is the most important hire for Doug Marone in his coaching career. They've got to find a guy that is that is understands that listen we have to score points obviously again you gotta have the players to do it you gotta have a quarterback to do it and the skill positions to do it um so i think next year could have an entirely different look i think that needs to be the case which goes to the question about the future of the quarterback position because if whoever the offensive let's say you get the brightest young offensive mind or brightest old offensive mind right if mike mccarthy is that guy whoever bring a guy in here who's the offensive coordinator can a rookie quarterback do that? 
And when you talk about the window of opportunity for a championship to play in that way, to play with a defense that, that has these guys, let's say they find a way to keep Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius, and Malik Jackson is gone, Tashawn Gibson is back, um, all the other particulars are, are back on, on the defensive side of the ball. And your starting defensive line looks like Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, uh, Avery Jones, and Unique Ngakwe. That's a Solid. pretty good defensive Very line. Very good defensive line. Right? Your linebacker is still being Miles Jack and Telvin Smith uh, with Leon Jacobs as the third as you do that. Uh, DJ Hayden still back as the nickel. You have Boye and you've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got Ronnie Harrison and you have Tashawn Gibson. That's a pretty good. That, Solid. That's that a top five defense in the NFL. Should be, right? Should be. If they're healthy and they're yep, doing what they can do. Yep. That's, on the offensive side of the ball, Ugh. Cam Robinson's back from the injury at left tackle. Mm -hmm. Andrew Norwell has a chance to try to prove himself again as the left guard. He's certainly not going to be let go. They, Brandon Linder will be Linder's back. Linder's back as a center. A.J. Can probably at right guard unless they find somebody to compete. And then a different right tackle, whether it's Will Richardson or somebody else who they bring in. Right. They're going to have somebody over there um, you know, as that right tackle. And then the question goes to skill positions around uh, that quarterback. So... I think because of the age of the defense and because of the want to quickly adapt and get everybody up to speed on offense, that finding a free agent quarterback or a veteran quarterback is going to be a bigger thing than drafting the quarterback. Now, I've, again, I've, I've always said draft a quarterback till you have one, but it doesn't mean the first round necessarily. And with Justin Herbert saying he's going to stay in school, right. it takes one more quarterback out of that quarterback pool. So don't you have to find that, whether it's – it doesn't have to be your permanent guy, your bridge guy, Nick Foles, Ryan Fitzpatrick, somebody who, who, who's got a mind for the game who can come in here and, and be your guy who can be at least a passable quarterback uh, to keep you as a competitive team or get, make you, again, a competitive team. I think team. if you look at the draft and the, and the players coming up, I, I don't know uh, if there's a Patrick Mahomes in there. We, we don't know. It's easy to say no. Someone, you know, uh, could be that guy. You never know on first-round picks. And so because of that, with but, perhaps but, Justin but Herbert as a first out, year, as a first year player though, Mahomes have, wasn't Mahomes. No, he right? was not. He was he, he was wasn't just the, the guy. So the I think I think they will look beyond just a bridge guy. Um, you know, Nick Foles is his value is increasing. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be available. I don't see Nick Foles as a bridge guy. You know, Nick Foles, if he signs with the team, he's gonna want to be the guy for yeah three, four, five, six years, the guy. I don't think he'd come here just to hold down the fort for some, for Will Greer. By the way, if you if you signed him, it would come before the draft. So the Jaguars wouldn't have anybody else. And that right. could affect draft plans potentially, but it also would mean it wouldn't force your hand where you had to draft somebody at the ninth or 12th pick, whatever it would be in the first round, uh, that you weren't com completely convinced was worthy of a top 15 pick. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And, and you know, they're, they're having these discussions right now, I'm sure, and, and uh, there's, uh, it'll be interesting. I do know this, that if you're going to draft a kid in the first round, you better be right. You know, uh, I'm not going to say we've missed on all of our, you know, first round picks. I'll from, say it. From, you said, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> from Byron to Blaine to Blake. Um, they, they have had, not all been busts, but they have none of them been hits. Right. And it's, and we're long overdue for a franchise guy because what we've seen in the NFL, we've seen the Patrick Mahomes, we, we've seen the Baker Mayfield. And all Jaguar fans are screaming, 
can we find one of those yep. guys that'll be the guy for the next 10 or 12 years? I don't know if it's out there, but gosh, it's it's long overdue. They're going to face one of those guys on Sunday in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, there's another who, name who right there. Who is uh, available for the Jaguars to pick as well. <laughs> hindsight's you know, always you know, 20 20. It's very easy, but goodness, this, this year is a critical year, obviously, because to your point, we'll have the defense. Yep. And we need a tackle, we need we need a big time receiver, and we need a quarterback, and, and maybe that's you know, if we can hit on those three positions, we just might be okay and, and uh, but we'll see. More to come from Mark as well. We've got one more game to see how things play out and then we'll really dig into what's happening in the offseason uh, coming up. So stay tuned. Coming up here in just a moment, it's time to pay the piper on a bet with one of my coworkers. <laughs> Stick around. All right, if you will indulge me now, I'm going to utilize the, um, let's call it the podcaster's prerogative to change up a little bit the topics that are being discussed on this podcast. As you know, here at Channel 4, we're a tight-knit group of friends, almost like a family, and um, there's always that one cousin who you have sort of a love-hate relationship with, and for me, there's about seven of them here at Channel 4. And one of them I'd like to introduce you to now. That is Sierra Erie, who is here. Uh, she is a, one of our editors, for lack of a better term, your official title. Multi-platform, multi-platform producer. Correct. MPP. You down with MPP? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, know you know me. me. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Sierra and I met um, when I was doing the Armada. and. I think she had an internship. Was that yep. an internship with Channel Correct. 17? Yep. Um, and we kind of hit it off right away. Kind of the similar kind of uh, ridiculous sense of humor. Um, however, there are a lot of great virtues that I could extol about Sierra. Her choice of colleges is not one of them. And uh, would you like to tell everybody where you attended, where you matriculated, young lady? Yes, I am an alumni, class of 2013, of the... Villanova University. Everybody wants a the now, like Ohio State. Like there, there are there are other Villanovas though, aren't there not? Yeah, there's one, um, and then there's one that's called like Nova something. There's also Nova, Nova Southeast. Yeah. And everyone's always like, oh, you, you say I'm like, no, we are Villanova, <laughs> the the Villanova, the Villanova, like the local station. And the Villanova beat uh, the Kansas Jayhawks for the uh, in the Final Four last year, and uh, you may have recalled that I. Lost the bet and had to uh, wear a Villanova shirt on the air, much to Joy Purdy's delight. So uh, Joy was not willing to make a bet this year after Villanova lost all their stars, but I was willing to make a bet, and Sierra was as well. How did that bet go? Well, I think the fact that I'm here could give everyone a hint to whose favor it leaned in. Well, so what we did, we maybe... Yeah, that's true. I mean, we know, uh, if there are sports fans out there, they know uh, what happened with the Jayhawks uh, winning at home at Allen Fieldhouse, as they always do. Too much uh, Fieldhouse magic. Um, But we had made a bet that the loser would have to come on the podcast and basically do something to embarrass themselves. (laughs) What did you have for me in case in the unlikely event that Villanova would have won? 
So I actually got inspired by Joy Purdy, last year's winner of the bed. Um, I rewrote Twas a Night Before Christmas. Okay. And I was going to insert different important highlights from the game that you, just to make you, you know, relive those moments okay. once again. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, my, my vision didn't get to come to light this year. However, you do get to still come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's a win-win. As, really. a, as a result of the Jayhawks win. So because we are approaching the new year, uh, I thought it was apropos that I rewrite some lyrics from Old Lang Syne and let you sing them as part of your loss of this uh, of this bet. So without further ado, do you need music to accompany you? I can play it. Okay, she's going to play it. I've been practicing because I, you know... I wrote the lyrics for you, gave them to you ahead of time. Yeah, and I wanted to do it right. I said, if I'm going to lose, I'm at least going to do it with a little bit of dignity and uh, show out for Cole's podcast a little bit. All right, so... At an attempt at dignity <laughs> and paying off the <laughs> bet. Salvage a little bit. I give you Sierra. All right, let's get this song going, shall we? <clears throat> a slow version. Yeah, well, I wanted it to really sink in. <laughs> you know, this is really drag this one out. myself, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, stop it right there for a second. Pause it for a second. So the big question I have here is, can you sing? Um, no. Okay. But I'm going to try my best. Okay, all right. I've noticed that people usually tell me I can sing better when it's like past 11 o'clock at night. Yes, many of us have that same ability. Yeah, we've had some good fun by that point. Mm-hmm. That's usually when I pull out my karaoke At the end of your work day. Of course. Right. Of course. Okay, continue. Should old championships be forgot and never brought to mind? Mm-hmm. This is a really slow mm-hmm. version. Really, really slow. Should old championships be forgot when you play at Fog Allen? Yeah, bring it home. Here we go. Oh, for <laughs> Kansas is the best, my friend. <clears throat> they beat my Nova Cats. I'm going to cry. <laughs> we'll take a cup of kindness yet, for the Jayhawks are divine. Yes. And surely you'll be final four, and surely we're behind. Mm -hmm. And we'll take a cup of kindness yet, cause the Jayhawks whipped our behind. Yeah, so good writing there, yep. I think that's up for debate. (laughs) Is the best, my friend, they beat my Nova Cats. Big finish now. We'll take a cup of kindness yet, for the Jayhawks are divine. Very well done. Nicely Thank done. Thank you. Thank I you. like the big finish. Um, yes. I also want to note that I did leave a cup of kindness in there. It's sort of a a symbolic gesture. It's like a of friendship. gesture of friendship. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was excited when I saw that. Yeah. It's just kind of you know. I don't have a 
a huge problem. Like every team, every you, your team, you have rival schools that you mm-hmm. really, you know. So for Kansas, Missouri, certainly former conference foes, and K-State's a little different kind of thing. Uh, Duke has always been, Kentucky have always been a thorn in the side. But, you know, they, just a moderate issue with Villanova. Nothing terrible. So, well done. Congratulations on, uh, that'll be on um, iTunes and, uh, and uh, Google Play here shortly, I'm sure. And downloads will be coming in and you'll probably be uh, the other Sierra. Perfect. That's what I was hoping. I was really hoping this would launch my career. I think it will. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's to many more rivalry bets to come. Here, here, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year.